Hello, and thank you for clicking on the Sean B. Show. I see you decided to listen to today's episode, and it's a good one, okay? It was recorded on Thursday, January 19th, the year 2023, at the Edge Construction Studio in Columbus, Indiana. Edge Construction, masters of all things construction. These guys are studs. All right, you need some site development done? Need some dirt work done? Edge Construction has your back. 812-343-3035. Call my friend Brian. Tell them the Sean B. Show sent you. Listen, anything construction, these guys are absolute studs, and they're even better dudes. And, and there's the ladies there, too. You know, they're better people. All right? Today, we're talking NFL divisional playoffs. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot to talk about. Got four really good games coming up this weekend, and I took a little dive, a preemptive dive, a first look dive into, well, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'll just show you what I did. Starts right now. You're listening to The Sean B. Show on Second String Media. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to The Sean B. Show. I don't know what time you're listening to this, but uh, in my world, it's morning because it's podcast land, and that's what we do. Welcome in The Sean B. Show. I'm here in the studio by myself today. Just me. Just me hanging out with you, whether in your car or at your at your house or maybe you're at work trying to ignore your work day here i am here for you like i always am i love you no matter how much you love me that's just the reality of the situation it is national popcorn day thursday january 19th 2023 national popcorn day and it's about the perfect day for that right i thought about popcorn and then i thought about cozying up to the to the couch with a movie and a bowl of popcorn with the wife. Sounds like a great time. Sounds like exactly what I need to do this evening. I don't know what movie we'd watch, though. I got a hankering last night to watch Anchorman. I happened to quote Anchorman a few times at work yesterday, and then I thought to myself, I thought, self, why don't we watch Anchorman tonight when we go to sleep? So got about halfway through before I passed out. Nothing like getting a little Ron Burgundy in you for some podcast inspiration it occurred to me last night as i'm watching anchorman i don't have a tagline i don't have something that signifies that i'm done you know you know ron burgundy had you stay classy san diego the other chick i I don't remember hers i just watched this movie last night i don't even remember what uh, miss corningstone said when she uh, veronica corningstone when she logged off, something about we'll see you later or some shit like that. Super cheap. Mike McCulloch, the Burroughs Applesauce podcast, he has a, you know, stop looking at me. You know, everybody's got the, their taglines. I don't really have that. So I may work extremely hard uh, in the coming days on a on a closing tagline for the Sean B show. Because I don't have it yet. I feel like I need that. So National Popcorn Day. If I cozy up with the wife on the couch with a bowl of popcorn, I'm assuming we're going to watch a Disney movie, maybe um, maybe Inside Out, something like that. It's a movie we discussed last night. could watch Inside Out. Great Disney movie. If you've never seen it, give it a watch. Fantastic movie. You'll cry a little. It's okay, though. It's okay to cry a little. Good movie. I also like uh, the movie Up, the Disney movie Up. Very good movie. So two movies that my wife has introduced me to since, uh, you know, 
I've gotten myself into this like realm of dating and marrying a Disney adult. A lot of Disney going on in our home. A lot of a lot of stuff happening that surrounds and encompasses the whole feel of uh, of being married to a Disney adult. It's just what it is. But uh, she is married to a football adult. Okay, love the National Football League. Like sitting here and talking about it, and that's what I do. And it, I don't know how, but those two things complement each other somewhat. In that uh, she has her thing, I have my thing. I'm going to sit in here with a microphone and a camera on me and talk about it for a little while. That's what's up. Exciting weekend in the National Football League. It's the divisional round, four great games, two Saturday, two Sunday. We're going to take our initial dive into these games. Of course, we'll have more to talk about on Saturday when we join you. But uh, initially looking at uh, some of the weaknesses that some of these teams could exploit, uh, the Giants not very good defensively. I'm not sure how long that's going to hold up for them. Um, we'll look at some betting stuff. I got player props coming up on Saturday. I hit a lot of my player props last week. Okay. And super wildcard weekend. I hit a lot of those. So you might want to tune in. You might want to listen up because, uh, you know, that's what's going on. Few notes outside of football to get started. Uh, 54 golf, live golf, whatever you call it. Uh, finally got themselves a TV deal for the 2023 season, which will begin in February. The CW has agreed to broadcast Live Golf and its tournaments for 2023. I'm not sure how long their agreement extends to. I couldn't get really past the fact that Live or 54, whatever you call it, finally got a television deal. I don't know how that's going to work for the CW because a lot of people not fans of Live Golf simply because it's backed by the Saudis and uh, you know the human rights issue. So we didn't know if they'd ever get a TV deal because I don't think anybody in television really wants that kind of press, but the CW was like, we'll take it. Um, I'm assuming there is a, cause everything with live golf is involves a healthy chunk of money. I'm assuming the CW got absolutely paid. Don't have the details of the deal yet. We just know that a deal has been reached with the CW to broadcast 54 golf for the 2023 season per live CEO, Greg Norman. And I'm not sure what to call it. Live 54 LIV, the other golf. I don't know what to call that, but uh, so we'll see kind of how the backlash unfolds for that. We'll talk more about that on Saturday. Once I get some more information Uh, personally, you know, I've talked about this with a lot of people, whether or not uh, something that's Saudi backed should be supported at all. Um, and I've talked about how people necessarily aren't always in the right, even though it seems like they should be in the right when they engage in culture wars. Now, obviously, human rights to most people who think like we do are just kind of a black and white issue, like treat humans like they're fucking human and go on with it. But uh, you're talking about you're talking about a different culture. You're talking about nothing more than a financial backer. Um, I feel like if the Saudis were more involved in live golf outside of just the financial backing, that would be that would be a black mark. But uh, you know, again, I'm going to take a deeper dive into this because I'm not real sure. I know immediately when I read that that the CW absolutely took a risk when it comes to broadcasting this this golf league that is not the PGA 
The PGA wants no involvement with them. I believe their players, actually, I know their players can still play in the Masters if they have that invitation to the Masters. They can, the, the Masters will still honor that. But again, a lot more reading to do. I just kind of, this just came across my computer screen about a half an hour ago, and there wasn't a lot of information. But as I get more information, I'll kind of talk about and react to that more. But, uh, 54 golf seemingly getting a TV deal. We get to see some of these guys on television. And and if you've never heard of 54 golf, they basically are a competitor to the PGA. They're Saudi backed. So the money that they're throwing at these guys is obscene, obscene. I know Tiger was offered, um, I believe north of a billion dollars to join 54 golf. I know a lot of these guys are getting serious six-figure, close to or serious seven-figure paydays to come and golf in this new golf league that is a rival to the PGA. PGA not happy about it. What's up, Sean? How you doing, my man? Live comments getting started. Let's go. But uh, like I said, as I get more information on this whole TV deal with the CW and 54 Golf, I'll talk and react more about that. Don't have a lot of information, but I do know that there is there's some backlash coming. There's some backlash coming, and it'll be it'll be opinions versus opinions about how deeply we should engage in culture wars with other countries, most notably Middle Eastern countries who have wildly different approaches to human rights. We'll we'll talk more about that once the information rolls in for sure. The Indiana Hoosiers have a basketball game tonight, and I. I said this the other day, like I said, the Hoosiers win by 18 in a game. I thought they had no chance to win. Wisconsin falls out of the top 25. Neither Illinois or Indiana are ranked. They meet tonight at 830 at the not so real assembly hall over there in Champaign. Uh, Hoosiers obviously still without race. Thompson still without Xavier Johnson. Race Thompson looks to be back in February. Xavier Johnson has no timetable for return. Again, the Illini, 13 and 5. Indiana, 11 and 6. When we're looking from a standings perspective, I mean, we have, <laughs> we have Illinois and Indiana wildly different places in the Big Ten. Indiana, 2 and 4 in the conference. Illinois, 4 and 3 in the conference. I know my stepdad, huge Illinois fan. Mike Woodson is definitely building something cool in Indiana, but I'm telling you, it hurts. When two starters are, I don't care which two they are. When two starters are gone, it's painful. Now, Jalen hood has done a great job of being the captain on that floor. Done a great job of stepping up for Xavier Johnson. Doesn't give you a whole lot of depth at the position. But hood has done a great job. He's played great basketball. The question mark <laughs> is who is the front court complement to Trace Jackson Davis? Jordan Geronimo with a double-double against Wisconsin the other day. Can he continue that style of play? Can he continue to be that next man up and step up and be big like that? Trace can't do it by himself down there. Trace, obviously, a double-double machine. Trace, obviously, a star. But he, there's five guys on the floor. Twin towers, big front courts. It's Big Ten basketball. Need to be able to pound the ball low. And if Trace has got everybody that's big down low, basically blanketing him 
that's a that's a bad recipe for Hoosier basketball. But we'll see how they handle it. They did a good a good job against Wisconsin. They got Illinois tonight at eight thirty. Can't wait to watch that basketball game. The Pacers lose again. Lose again last night. Went down by twenty to the Thunder in Oklahoma City. One twenty six. One oh six. They need Tyrese Halliburton back. They need Halliburton back bad. He's probably a couple weeks out. Matherin did a great job, 13 points, five boards. Uh, Nimhard did a great job last night, 18 and five. The reality is the Pacers missing a lot of things defensively. Um, Travell and Queen did a nice job coming off the bench uh, in that support role, stepping up, being that guy. Uh, Duarte played a little bit last night, 11 and five. These, this Pacers team needs its leader, and that is the slide that we are experiencing now. We have talked about this over the past couple podcasts. The Pacers have dropped five in a row since that big win against the Hornets on January 8th. Um, they're, they're in Denver tomorrow night. They're in Phoenix Saturday. It's a recipe for disaster, for mid-season disaster. Still sitting at 23 wins. Now they're 523 and 23. They've dropped to ninth in the East. We know this team has played better than this. We know that a lot of that is compliments to Tyrese Halliburton. We need that guy back playing basketball. Hands down, no bones about it. The Boston Celtics are about the best thing in the NBA right now, aside from the Memphis Grizzlies. Grizzlies are ridiculous. They can do whatever they want. They've won 11 in a row. We're talking Eastern Conference. The Celtics 33-12, and 12, seven in a row, eight of their last ten. There are good teams at the top of these conferences. The Grizzlies, really tough. The Nuggets, first place in the West. They've also won eight in a row. Got a win last night. The Kings have won five in a row. Probably the biggest surprise of the year. De'Aaron Fox, DeMontis Sabonis doing great out there in Sacramento. The Kings are going to go to the playoffs. That playoff drought's coming to an end. I'm going to go ahead and say that now. I remember just a year ago, an absolutely awful Sacramento Kings team that I watched on a nightly basis almost lose by 30 points. De'Aaron Fox, Mr. Clutch, uh, Sabonis, obviously a double-double machine, should be in the MVP conversation. Kings are Sacramento, baby. Pelicans have dropped three of their last, have dropped seven of their last ten, and they're still in fourth. How about that importance of Zion Williamson? That guy's got to get back to playing basketball. Need him. Need them, need them bad. But anyway, the Pacers. Look, we didn't expect a whole lot this season, but then we got a taste of kind of what this team can be with Buddy Heald and Tyrese Halliburton and these guys. Miles Turner playing really well. Get Halliburton back on the floor, get back to our winning ways, and kind of see where the, the sky's the limit, right? And there's nothing to lose, you feel like, because this team wasn't expected to win more than 23 games. They've already won 23 games, not even the All-Star break. They're a 500 team. They can only get better. Rick Carlisle's done a great job with that roster. I don't know what's going to happen come trade deadline. Obviously, there's Miles Turner extension talks. I don't know if they're still looking at trading him, what they're looking to do. Are they looking to continue to build? You can't find another Miles Turner out there. And, and I've always said this about Miles. When he's on the floor, he's extremely valuable. He spends a lot of time not on the floor, not playing basketball. And that's the issue that we're having. That's the, the giant issue. Now, last night wasn't a great game for him, 7.3 boards. Only played 20 minutes. 
But, uh, you know, OKC getting a huge buzz. Shea Gilgeous Alexander. Shy Gilgeous Alexander. I want to say this man's name correctly. Been a stud lately. Been an absolute stud lately. That guy's fun to watch. Anyway, Indiana Pacers, of course, traveling to Denver tomorrow night, Phoenix Saturday night, then back home against Chicago on Tuesday. We'll see how this next three games go. We'll talk again on Tuesday, some Pacers stuff. Hopefully they can get a win while they're out there in the West. Bring one home. Bring one home because you can easily, you know, the Suns are slipping, the Suns are sliding, the Suns are, (laughs) they're a dark horse right now. And that didn't start that way. They had to start out as a favorite. Now they're a dark horse. That's still a good basketball team. They're just not playing well. That's enough NBA stuff. I got to talk a lot of basketball once football finishes. But until football finishes, I get to talk a lot of football because it is NFL Divisional Weekend. (laughs) You love the Raptors as a trade partner. Let's get that. What bet you lose to watch Kings last season? (laughs) I'm telling you, man. Telling you. Kings were rough last year. Kings were rough. Sean Rogers, my dude up there. Can't win without Halley. You're not wrong. Turner needs to go. I don't know if Turner needs to go. Turner needs to be a double-double machine. Mike Woodson just here, too. Got to be better, though. Comments rolling in. I like chatting sports. All right? That's what I love doing. NFL Divisional Round. Starts Saturday at 4.30, Jacksonville at Kansas City. Kansas City brings its number one passing and scoring and total offense to Jacksonville. The number 23 total defense in the NFL. The number 27 passing defense in the NFL. This is going to be problematic. Kansas City's pass defense, not great either. But they're top 20. Jacksonville... Bottom six passing defenses in football. I see a shootout brewing, but I see a shootout brewing where Jacksonville is going to spend a lot of time chasing Kansas City. Kansas City right now, nine-point favorite in Kansas City against Jacksonville, 4.30 p.m. on Saturday on NBC and Peacock. I see a real shootout brewing, but, you know, The Jaguars are capable of doing awesome things, and they've done awesome things all year. Trevor Lawrence has continued to get better. We've watched him get better throughout the year. They spent most of the season in third place in the awful AFC South and then climbed the ladder to win that bitch. All right? So the Jags are in a good spot. They have a great future as far as quarterback position goes. But we are talking about the divisional round this Saturday. Kansas City, I've said this for a while. Everybody said it's Buffalo's year. It's Buffalo's year. I think it's Kansas City's year again. I I compare this to like a Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes rivalry, at like, like, like you looked at Brady and Manning. Josh Allen's really good. Josh Allen makes a lot of mistakes, but Josh Allen's really good. Patrick Mahomes is different. You can be really good. You can be amazing. You can be top tier. Patrick Mahomes is different. There's tier three, tier two, and tier one football players. And then there's tier Patrick Mahomes players. 
He's just different than everybody else. He's going to figure stuff out. He's going to make plays that will absolutely blow your mind. He does it on a weekly basis. And now it's the playoffs. Now it's prime time. Now it's Arrowhead at its very loudest. <clears throat> you got a Jaguars team that's played really well down the stretch. They won five in a row to finish the season. They beat the Chargers. Coming back from 27 down. But I got a bad feeling that they're about to meet a brick wall named Kansas City. And I don't know if there's going to be any blowouts this weekend. If I was to pick one, it wouldn't be this game. Because like I said, Kansas City, I believe, is suspect enough on the defensive side of the football from a passing standpoint. They got a pretty good run defense, top 10 run defense. Jacksonville doesn't run the ball well anyway. Trevor Lawrence being a little gunslinger. Getting out there doing the thing. That's what he does best. Kansas City's passing defense, 18th in the NFL, 16th overall scoring defense. But Jacksonville, their weakness is Kansas City's strength. Travis Kelsey, going to have a big day. Patrick Mahomes and whoever he decides to throw to on this day, going to have a big day. I definitely go over on this. I think nine's probably a little too big of a number for me to take any kind of spread bet. We'll see where that moves. It was eight and a half the other day. It's now moved to nine. I don't know. Kansas City at home, divisional round, fresh off a, a week of sitting and watching football and relaxing them knees and relaxing them shoulders. We might get it. We might get a double digit win here. Again, the line's plus nine for Jacksonville. Uh, Easy to pick, hard to tell you how to bet. Giants, Eagles, even easier to pick. Listen, I know that a lot of the hype is around Daniel Jones right now. Daniel Jones was fantastic in that Minnesota game. Daniel Jones absolutely elevated himself to a man who is going to get paid because of this Minnesota game. We told you on the Sean B. Show last week, Minnesota has an awful pass defense. They are terrible against the pass. They're not bad against the run. Daniel Jones is going to have to figure out how to exploit that passing game, which is not something he does generally. He's more of a, I'm going to, I'm going to manage this and I'm going to get some yards on the ground because although he doesn't look like it, surprisingly very good with his legs. Daniel Jones not only did it with his legs, led the team in rushing. A team with Saquon Barkley on it. Daniel Jones, 17 carries for 78 yards, 24, 35 for 301 and two tuds. The problem is Philadelphia's defense, really good. They went from a bottom three passing defense in Minnesota to now they have to play the number one passing defense in the NFL in Philadelphia. Philadelphia, top 10 scoring defense. The Giants are in trouble. If I'm picking a blowout, and I know they played in week in week 18. I know they played week 18 with the division on the line for the Eagles, and it wasn't pretty. But the reality is, this is not week 18. This is a fresh Eagles team. Jalen Hurts still kind of questionable. Okay, I know they'll, they say he may be limited on the field and limited even on Saturday. This Eagles team is really good. They play really, really good defense. And I got a feeling 
that with full strength Jalen Hurts, this could be a blowout. They're in Philadelphia Saturday night, 8-15 on Fox. I got a feeling this one is the one game of the weekend that could get very lopsided. I think Jacksonville scores enough points that they're going to at least stay in the game. The Giants offense is super suspect. Okay, they've got the number four rushing offense, but they're 17th overall in yards, 26th overall in passing, 14th overall scoring offense. Philadelphia's defense, number one in yards, number 16 against the run. So you'll see some Saquon Barkley. You'll see a softer defense for Saquon Barkley to run into, but they're number one against the pass. Daniel Jones, not a prolific passer anyway, pretty good passer. I wouldn't call him prolific. I would be nervous about Daniel Jones going against the number one pass defense. And the Eagles are top 10 in points scored against. So. (laughs) You'll see a lot of Barkley. Barkley only nine carries against the Vikings. I hope to see more Barkley. He did score two tons. But only nine touches on the nine touches on the ground, five in the air. That's a low Saquon Barkley game for this year. They're using the brakes off this kid. Daniel Jones was to take over in the Vikings game. This can't be the case against Philadelphia. They weigh, they relied heavily on Daniel Jones against the Vikings. But against Philadelphia, that strategy, that approach is not going to work. Now, having said all that, I love that Daniel Jones has worked out for the Giants. I questioned when they drafted him, who in the fuck is this kid? I believe is exactly what I said. But they've got Daniel Jones playing to his best. They've got old Dable over there doing a great job coaching that team up. This Giants team is going to be good for a while. They're going to be competitive for a while. And you've got a weapon in Saquon Barkley. I don't see it going much further than this weekend. But I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, but I'm definitely taking Philadelphia minus seven and a half. I definitely, in my heart of hearts, believe this will be more than a one, more than a one touchdown game. 815, it goes down on Fox Saturday night. Gonna watch that one at work. Probably won't get to see much of it because apparently I'm gonna be busy as shit. If you're available and out and about Saturday night in the Columbus, Indiana area, there's a band called Dark Horse coming to play at Ziggs. And apparently, apparently they're going to pack the joint. So apparently Saturday night's going to be a big old spinner for me. Can't wait. That's what makes the time go by fast. The more they make these Sunday games later, the worse off I am as a person who likes to watch football. Okay, because Saturday I go to work at 5. The game started at 4.30. Not watching football. Sunday I go to work at 5. No 1 o'clock game. They're doing 3 o'clock this Sunday. Don't get to watch much football. Watch a little bit, but not much. Don't get to see the finish. This is going to be a good game. Sunday, 3 o'clock on CBS and Paramount. Cincinnati at Buffalo. This has the makings of a great football game. The Bills, they say the emotions are lifted. They're ready to play. DeMar Hamlin has been seen at the practice, practice facility at the Bills facility almost daily, to quote uh, Coach McDermott. 
Joe Burrow, not buying the underdog tag. Joe Burrow don't want to hear nothing about an underdog tag. This is a, this is a, look, it, I, it's five and a half. It's a spread. Buffalo's favored by five and a half. But if this is a game that you truly believe the Bengals can win, and I, I, I truly believe the Bengals can win this game. Right now on the money line for Cincinnati, although they're on the road, you're getting plus 196, which I thought with five and a half, that might be a little bigger, but you're getting almost two to one on your money to bet Cincinnati. That's on Caesar Sportsbook, which is the only place you should bet. I'm diamond elite with Caesar Sportsbook. I have to bet at Caesar Sportsbook. That's where I get my perks. Going to Vegas next month. You don't think Caesar Sportsbook's helping me out there? Yeah, damn right they are. Bengals plus 196 on the money line. That means a $100 bet will net you $196. A $20 bet going to net you almost $38. All right? That's... If you honestly believe the Bengals can win this game, and, I, and I'm and i one of those people, you're getting great odds on a Bengals team that I feel is much closer than five and a half. Because Joe Burrow, cool as a cucumber, going to go into Buffalo. Buffalo's got a really good defense. Their weakness on their defense is in the secondary. If they had a weakness on defense, it would be in the secondary. They're the number 13th ranked pass defense. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, them boys going to go in and do work. This is going to be a good game. The only thing that will make this not a good game is if it becomes lopsided because Josh Allen can't stop giving the ball away. And I said his turnovers were a problem before last weekend. And last weekend, his turnovers almost cost him a Miami game that they should have blown away. And here we are again this weekend against the Cincinnati team that if they make the same mistakes, will blow them away. However, Cincinnati showed a lot of their suspects against Baltimore. That, that, that Cincinnati offense, generally pretty potent, didn't see a whole lot from it. They didn't have that breakaway. Joe Burrow, one tud, one tud, got the biggest tud of the night from a giant defensive lineman running the field, getting the score. It was a great play. Maybe the play of the year. Maybe the play of the year. Sam Hubbard taking a ball. Well, somebody else took the ball out of Tyler Huntley's hands. Sam Hubbard comes up with it, runs 98 yards, and makes the biggest play probably of this NFL season. Definitely the biggest play of that game. Definitely the biggest play of these playoffs so far. And that was the difference in the game. One score game. You need big plays like that to go your way. I'm not saying you need to make big plays like that to win football games. Consistent football and good defense will win you football games. But if there's going to be a big, giant play like that in a football game, it needs to be for you. The team that makes that big, giant play is going to have an advantage. The team that makes multiple big, giant plays like that is going to have a real advantage. And I've said that before. The anomaly here is obviously this uh, Chargers-Jaguars uh, matchup that we saw last weekend 
where the Jaguars turned the ball over five times to the Chargers zero times and still won the football game. That's a different one. You don't see that a lot. But uh, definitely stoked for the Cincinnati-Buffalo game. Cincinnati's plus five and a half right now. If you think it's going to be closer than that, bet the, bet the Bengals plus five and a half. If you think the Bengals can win, get two to one on your money. That's what I say. Again, we'll go into player props eventually. I think betting a Jamar Chase touchdown is always a good bet. But uh, when you're talking about betting this game, if you think the Bengals can win this game at all, bet them on the money line. Don't take the five points. Bet them on the money line. Paying almost two to one on your money. I think these two teams are very evenly matched. I think the Bengals do get a lot of shit. I think the Bengals do kind of get that underdog tag put on them a lot. And it's because they really have never overcome the slow start they were off to at the beginning of this season. And everybody's just kind of looked at them in that light ever since where the Bills have been dominant since week one. The Chiefs have been dominant since week one. The Eagles, dominant since week one. But those teams, not playing as well as, I mean, Cincinnati was the best football team, in my opinion, in the league down the stretch. They won nine games in a row, including the playoff game. When, at, at what point do we stop calling these guys serious underdogs? Because to me, Buffalo is the team that didn't play well down the stretch. Buffalo is the team that struggled to kind of to kind of finish it off. Now I'm not saying they they won seven in a row, but these wins aren't pretty. These games aren't pretty. This Dolphins game not not pretty at all. The Patriots put up 23 points on them in a game that could have got the Patriots to the playoffs. You know you got a, you got you dominated the Bears. Then a walk-off field goal to the Dolphins. You only beat the Jets 20-12. to 12. The Jets are terrible. Uh, the Lions almost got you. You know what I mean? This, this Bills team has been scrappy where this Bengals team has just been really, really solid. And I think that's going to benefit the Bengals. I think they're on such a roll where there hasn't been a lot of drama in a lot of this, okay? I, 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 don't, I see no reason the Bengals shouldn't come into this game super confident and I see no reason that if you think the Bengals can win this game, to go ahead and make that money line bet, get two to one on your money. Buffalo wins if Buffalo wins. I mean, that's that's that, that's just gambling. Speaking of gambling, I know who I'm rooting for this weekend because if these four teams win, I'm in a really good spot to hit one of my Super Bowl exactus or to be able to hedge the other side. I'm in a really good spot. Look, over wild card weekend, only lost two of them, and that was the two that I had Tampa Tom in because you can't not bet Tampa Tom, especially when you're getting 50 to 1 on your money. When you're getting 50 to 1 on your money to bet Tom Brady, you bet Tom Brady. Just That's just you do that. Now, obviously, Tom did not look good on Monday night. It was not pretty at all. But, uh, you know, take a shot, right? I know for a fact I'm rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs to beat Jacksonville. I know I want Philadelphia to beat the Giants. I want, for the purpose of this long-term Super Bowl exacta bet, for the Buffalo Bills to beat Cincinnati. If the Cincinnati Bengals make the Super Bowl, the San Francisco 49ers have to make the Super Bowl 
or we ain't hitting no exacta. Again, I drew that out of a hat. I drew that out of a fucking hat. But who I really want to win this weekend, it would solve the first problem I just talked about. Who I really, really want this weekend, I rarely say this, mostly because their fans annoy me. But I really want the Dallas Cowboys to beat San Francisco this weekend in San Francisco. The problem is, I don't know how they're going to do it. Because they're not going to do it like they beat Tampa Bay. Look, Tampa Bay was awful on Monday night. Just absolutely awful showing at home. Got a garbage touchdown that maybe made this look like a game that could have been close at one point. This was never a game. It was never a football game. Dallas dominated the whole way. Dak with four touchdown passes after everybody spent a week doubting whether or not he could do it. Everybody spent a week doubting whether or not Dak Prescott was going to show up for his team. Dak Prescott balled out for Dallas. Absolutely balled out and dominated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, can he replicate that performance against San Francisco? There's a lot of evidence that says maybe he can Maybe he can. Dallas's offense, ninth, ninth, ninth in the run game, 14th in the pass game. Obviously, that does not translate to the Bucks game because Dak was 25 at 33 for 305 and four tuts. So Dallas throwing the football very well against Tampa Bay. San Francisco's pass defense is the weak spot for them defensively. You're not going to run the ball on them. You got two very good running backs in Dallas and Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. And that their offense has kind of relied on those guys to keep everybody honest. Tony Pollard can break off at you at any moment. And Ezekiel Elliott is going to get those yards. He's a red zone beast who scores a lot of touchdowns. But San Francisco boasts the number two run defense, the number two yardage defense, and the number one scoring defense. The one weak spot that Dallas needs to exploit is San Francisco's secondary. It's a good secondary. If you had to pick a weak spot, this is a good defense. But if you're going to pick a spot to exploit, it's the San Francisco secondary. Geno Smith found a couple opportunities to exploit that secondary with the help of DK Metcalf. Dallas has very good receivers. Dalton Schultz, stud tight end. C.D. Lamb, Absolute beast. Dallas has the weapons to do this. Michael Gallup is great in receiver support. T.Y. Hilton can get in there and do some things. They've got tight ends. Jake Ferguson, Noah Brown. They've got guys. This can be a very good Dallas offense. This could be the thing that they use to get one over on San Francisco. Dallas is currently plus four. I don't, I don't like that spread at all. I feel like if this is a game San Francisco wins, then, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to quote this one just like I quoted the Bengals money line. If you think the Dallas Cowboys have an opportunity or shot to win this football game, your best bet is Dallas money line. It doesn't pay as well as Bengals money line which is surprising to me because I give the Bengals a better shot to beat Buffalo than I do Dallas to beat San Francisco. I'm not saying there's any wide margins there. I think these are two very good football games. We're going to get good football on Sunday. 
We're going to get really, really good football on Sunday. I mean, Dallas is a slight underdog. They're plus 165 on the money line. This game has shifted since I checked it. It's now three and a half. So Dallas, San Francisco, a three and a half point favorite. Look, they're going to get their guys firing. What, are the, what does San Francisco do really well? They run the football. Top 10. Here's the thing that a lot of people ignore with San Francisco. Despite having Brock Purdy, they're top 10 offensively. They're the number five scoring offense in the NFL, number five overall yardage offense in the NFL, seventh in the run, 11th in the pass. Christian McCaffrey is really good. But Dallas defends the run. Oh, yeah, not very well. So you can see where these things happen. Like you can see where each team is planning, right? If you're going to be successful against Dallas, it's going to be running the football. Tom Brady couldn't find a single lane against this Cowboys secondary, which is beat up, by the way. So Dallas's job is to find a way to take their 22nd ranked run defense and step the fuck up. Because if you can stop Christian McCaffrey from going the fuck off, which, by the way, nobody is really ever able to do, But if you can stop Christian McCaffrey from absolutely going nuts, you keep yourselves close. You give yourselves a chance to win this game. I mean, CMC was 15 for a buck 19 against the Seahawks. Brock Purdy was an absolute gem against the Seahawks. I don't think you're going to see that against Dallas. I think he's going to have a much tougher time against Dallas. Take nothing from Brock Purdy. Even a Dallas secondary that's beat up is better than the Seahawks defense. You got to keep Christian McCaffrey on your radar constantly. 17 total touches with a, with a score. He, he's going to be a factor in this game one way or the other. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. You get those guys... Get those guys, find them open. Get Brock Purdy zoned in, locked in, finding these guys downfield. This is going to be a very good football game if Dallas can do the right things defensively to keep Christian McCaffrey from absolutely going off. If you can make Brock Purdy, and I'm not taking anything away from what Brock Purdy's done. If you can make Brock Purdy by himself try to beat you, You can win this football game. You've got to make it so that this is Brock Purdy and the pressure. With CMC running the ball like he does, the pressure's not on Purdy. He can breathe a little bit. And now, you know, you're you're talking about 332 yards and three scores, but the reality is he was 18 of 30. There's opportunities there to make him make mistakes. And to get that offense off the field. 49ers defense, really, really good. But if you can, if you're Dallas and you can, you can make Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard effective at all. Make San Francisco suck up a little bit. Make those guys effective at all. You can really exploit the one weakness in this Niners defense. 
I say weakness with air quotes for those listening on the podcast because this Niners defense is fucking really good. That's how Dallas is. That's Dallas's way to win the football game. And again, we'll dive more into this from an individual player standpoint and kind of what they need to do. Keys to winning the game for each team. We'll get more into that on Saturday when we join you. We'll be here uh, live on Facebook Saturday at 11 a.m. And, uh, of course, the podcast will be uploaded directly after probably about four hours before game time. So there's a little window there driving in your car like, right, like you're chilling, driving. I don't know what you drive. Maybe it's a Suburban. Could be a Chevy Malibu. I don't know. But you, you, you hit your Apple CarPlay on your stereo, right? And you're like, hey, Siri. <laughs> Listen to the Sean B show on Spotify. My Siri is uh, responding. Got my iPhone right here. I need to unlock my iPhone first. Okay, well, what happens when I unlock my iPhone? Hey, Siri, listen to the Sean B. Show on Spotify. Yeah, do it, Siri. Yeah. Yeah, when you're in your car, it's going to work. Right now, I didn't even want that thing to say anything. It just joined the conversation like some kind of asshole. You weren't asked to speak, Siri. I didn't do anything that time. <clears throat> anyway, picture yourself getting all the information that you need to bet properly on Saturday and bet properly on Sunday. Right there in your car, you're cruising. I don't know where you're going. Maybe you're going to Circle K. Maybe you had to go to Kroger. Maybe you need meat. Whatever it is. Maybe you're going to see your boy in Seymour or Bloomington or wherever the fuck you are. Tune in Saturday. We're going to have everything ready for you to be as best educated as possible to bet these games and to just kind of be a fan who's immersed in NFL divisional round weekend because we got a good one. I got a feeling we're going to get a shootout Saturday edge to KC because I know people are waiting on me to pick who I think is going to win. I got KC, Philadelphia. In a, I, I think Philadelphia wins this game big. KC wins in a shootout. I don't think it really ever gets away from Jacksonville totally, but I think KC wins in a shootout. A lot of scoring. Philadelphia, I think, wins this game handily. I think it's a double-digit win for the Eagles. I got to go with Buffalo against Cincinnati just because. Just because. They're at home. And they have a really good defense. I got to go Buffalo at home. Great defense. I got to go Buffalo. And it, it, again, it's the Dallas game, right? Like maybe, maybe, maybe my problem is the Cowboys. Maybe my problem is the Cowboys. And maybe it's just that I don't like the Cowboys. And I don't think that's the case. I have no reason to not like the Cowboys. I'm not even an NFC fan. My team's in the AFC. Some Cowboys fans annoy me. I know we had Keldon in the comments a second ago. He's a Cowboys fan. He doesn't annoy me. But uh, the Dallas game again, hardest game to pick last week, hardest game to pick this week. Maybe I should start putting my faith in. I'm doing it. I'm putting my faith in the Dallas Cowboys for two reasons. 
One, because it helps me from a betting perspective. But for two, because I went heavy against them last week. Once I decided Tampa Bay, I was Tampa Bay all the way last week. And I got fucking waxed. Yeah, going Dallas, Kansas City, Philadelphia, Buffalo. Dallas, the only road team to get a win this weekend. That's the way I'm picking it. And that actually, if those four teams win, if those four teams win this weekend, if I get those four games correct, I will make money on the exacta bets. Not that the exactas will pay, but what I've talked about before, in, uh, in gambling, you can hedge. Like, let's say, let's say the Super Bowl is Dallas against Kansas City. And let's say Dallas were to beat Kansas City in the Super Bowl. That bet, I got it at plus 3,000. And that, what that means is I got it at 30 to 1. I bet $10. I stand to win 300. If Dallas beats Kansas City in the Super Bowl, that's one of the eight exactors I have left. If Dallas and Kansas City go to the Super Bowl and I stand to win 300, depending on how the lines shake out, I can go and make another hedge bet. And I can, I can make sure that no matter who wins, I make money. I can bet the other side strategically. And again, you can't do that until you know what the lines would be and what the money line would look like. You can't do that. And I assume if Dallas and Kansas City met in the Super Bowl, Kansas City would be the favorite. So this wouldn't be a very helpful situation. I do better with the other plus 3,000 that I have, which is Buffalo and Dallas. If Buffalo and Dallas, we'll say that one. We'll use that one. It works better. If Buffalo and Dallas go to the Super Bowl and Buffalo beats Dallas, Buffalo beats Dallas in the Super Bowl, I also there get plus 3,000, 30 to 1 on my money. That's a $10 bet, we'll say, for, for number six. $10 bet pays back 300 plus my 10. So I'm getting back 310 if Buffalo beats Dallas. I go in, I bet Dallas on the other side. Depending on what that line says, I bet Dallas so that if I if I win, I still pull back 310. I, I adjust my my bet on Dallas to to make sure I still pull back 310. Got a little more money invested. But you make money either way. So that's just a little glimpse of how that works. And we'll get deeper into that as these hedges go on. We'll know more about this on Tuesday. We'll know more about how we're doing on Tuesday when we reconvene post-divisional round time. What I know right now is, yep, sticking with it, Kansas City, Philadelphia, Buffalo, Dallas. Those are my winners for this weekend. You may get a different answer on Saturday, so don't lock me in on those, okay? Don't lock me in on those. I thought Bengals Bills was at a neutral site. What did I miss? Bengals Bills is not at a neutral site. That was a possibility if it were um, if they were to go to the AFC Championship game. So let's see here. Now Bengals uh, Bills Chiefs will be in Atlanta. Initially, we thought it was going to be in Dallas. But if Bills Chiefs meet in the AFC Championship game, 
that game is going to be played in Atlanta. But let's uh, let's go see here. Yeah, Bills Chief is going to be at uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. This game is at Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park. Yeah, a lot of mix-ups there with that, uh, how they canceled the game and this and that and what they did. Sorry, I got the live comments knocking me off my pedestal for a minute. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was, like, second-guessing myself because, you know, I fucked up before. Okay, it happens. It happens. But, no, this game is at Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park, New York. If the if the Bills and Chiefs meet in the AFC Championship game, that game will be played at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, which I find to be complete bullshit because, yeah, you threw a bone to the Bills for getting a game canceled, but you kind of fucked the Chiefs. Like, they did what they were supposed to do. Like, at, at some point, now I'm going to say this, this is going to sound horrible, but at some point, you have to, when you're making administrative decisions, you have to remove the emotion from those decisions. And I'm not saying that you have to forget that we saw a very serious injury to a young man on a football field. I'm not saying you have to forget that. But I'm saying when you're making these decisions that impact other teams that weren't even involved, who are also emotionally behind this kid, hoping that he gets back and ready, you as an administrator, you as a leader, you as the governing body of the National Football League have to have the ability to remove your emotion when you make these decisions. You have to. Your emotion says you want to do the right thing because a person got hurt. You want to do a right the right thing. You want to be on the right side of this the whole time. The black and white easy thing to do was to take the standings how they are, how they fell. Yes, we had to cancel the game. Here are the standings. You know, I'm sorry it didn't work out for some teams. I understand Buffalo didn't lose. But we have to remove the emotion from that decision-making process. So we didn't do it, though. It doesn't matter. I can talk about that all day, and it doesn't matter because if the Bills and Chiefs meet in the AFC Championship game, it will be played in Atlanta. No home field advantage. Uh, and honestly, from a traveling standpoint, now I understand the Bills and Chiefs have fans all over the country, but from a traveling standpoint, about neutral. So it'd be either way. We'll see what happens. This has been the Sean B show. I have spent almost an hour talking behind this microphone and still in my head have not come up with that tagline that I talked about at the beginning of the show. At the top of the show, I said, I need something. I watched Anchorman last night. I had to watch Ron Burgundy say, you stay classy, San Diego. And Veronica uh, Corningstone with her, see you soon or whatever the fuck she said. I can't remember what she says. It's really bad. I had, to watch, I had to watch that. And knowing that I don't close this show with any kind of tagline. So, again, this has been the Sean B. Show. Hey, want to talk about edge construction real quick? These guys are studs for us. They help us out lots by giving us access to our office and studio. We appreciate those guys so much, Brian and his team. If you need some 
dirt work, site development done, some construction. These guys are just absolute studs, and they're even better people. 812-343-3035. Get a hold of Edge. Let them know the Sean B. Show sent you. Okay? Uh, and, and, and my friends at Just Like Home Doggy Daycare, my mom at Just Like Home Doggy Daycare, all right, find them on the web at www.justlikehomedoggydaycare.com. You need some pet sitting, overnight stays, weekend stays, any, any, any stay you need. If you need your pet to feel just like home, even when they're not at home, contact Just Like Home Doggy Daycare, www.justlikehomedoggydaycare.com or on Facebook at Just Like Home Doggy Daycare. That's what's up. Lastly, but not leastly, visit the Second String Media store at www.secondstringmedia.net. Click on Second String Media store. There's products in there, okay? Mind Snacks branded products. Sean B. Show branded products. Second String Media branded products. They're all there in the Second String Media merchandise store. Secondstringmedia.net. Click on the blue banner where it says Second String Media store. Take you right there, okay? Free standard shipping ended yesterday. Got a new sale coming up soon. We'll talk about that when it comes out. All right. And uh, yeah, I still don't have a sign off. So I'm getting out of here. You guys have a good day.